Hello, and welcome to the Smart Karma Podcast. I'm Michael Tegos. Every week on the podcast, we share a presentation and discussion from our webinar Wednesdays, when we sit down with Smart Karma insight providers and selected experts from around the world to break down the key topics you care about in Asia's markets. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and so on. If you like what we do, consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your chosen podcast app, as this really helps more people discover the show. Thank you for being with us, and enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another webinar by Smart Karma. I'm Michael Tegos. Today, I'm very happy to welcome back to the webinar Pranav Babsar and Nitin Mangal, who will discuss their non-consensus view on India Mart. This is a well-owned stock, but forensic accounting and investigative due diligence from our insight providers suggests that risks are grossly underappreciated. And you will be able to hear more about that in just a moment. Nitin Mangal is a SEBI-registered research analyst with more than 10 years of experience in Indian equities and a pioneer of corporate governance and accounting research in, Indi- in the Indian market. Pranav Bafsar focuses on research on consumer themes and companies operating in India or global companies that have significant exposure to India or the Indian economy. Nitin and Pranav together form the India Independent Insight Team, offering forensic accounting, due diligence, and channel monitoring on Indian companies and themes. And with that, we can get right into it. Nitin Pranav, uh, thank you for being with us today. Welcome to the webinar. Uh, I guess, Nitin, you have the floor. Uh, thanks, thanks, Michael, for the opportunity. Hi, everyone. India Independent Insight, you know, the AAA is being is a joint col- uh, collaboration between me and Pranav Aosar. We both are registered with SEBI. So before moving to the presentation, I just want to give some disclosures which are regulatory in nature, that we don't recommend any buy or sell or hold recommendation uh, for the subject company we are going to discuss in this presentation. We do not hold any position in the stock, either by us or any, any of our associates. We are not forming any opinion on the management of the company. And we are hereby discussing the business of the India Mart based on the publicly available information with an objective to highlight our research capabilities and what are the key risks associated with the business. So, uh, you know, uh, why Triple I and what is the approach we follow uh, when we look at the company? So most of the company, you know, they play hide and seek role. And so why play hide and seek? So market cap is a preferred promoter currency nowadays. So uh, in the, you know, 10 years back when, promote, when most of the promoters they use the cipher funds and you know showing the lower sales or lower profitability and even in taxes. But now those things have changed a lot. Now they feel that the market cap game can make them more richer compared to the other, earlier one. Uh, they always try to paint a picture which, uh, which shows that there's a huge potential in the company and they try to convince the investor that you can buy at any price. They try to provide the Earning consistency, and if the revenue falls, they build. They try to build up the narrative around the free cash flows, EPS, and all other things. So we have done a couple of reports on India, but the flagship report in the Triple I. What we have not understood while analyzing the company is that what kind of growth potential they have, whether they can grow with a similar pace what they have demonstrated pre-IPO or just within the next one or two years of the IPO. 
uh, the ARPU number, what company says, and given the uh, given the narrative given by the management in the various conference call, whether it reconciles with the number reported in the balance sheet or not, how the supplier verification and activity level works around, what is the verification process, how the test trust is being generated, is there any accounting you know, concern whereby they are trying to dodge the revenue slowdown? Uh, what do you feel? What do you, what do we think about the uh, employees? You know, so we have done some analysis, analytics on the employee. What is the profiles and all those things? We have raised some concern about the inefficiency of the management of when they when it comes to the outsource employee cost. So how much it is justifiable? That these remain the question. So when we when we were looking at the data and you know uh, for the GST which is presented in the Indian budget document of 2018. So the uh, for India Mart the key area to play is B two B segment, especially in the SME segment. And if you look at the GST collection in the SME segment for the B two B is around only three to three point eight percent of the total volume, which shows or which indicates that the potential for the company to grow in uh, next five to six years is quite grim. And most of the business in B2B segment uh, generates via large companies or the medium enterprises. So the SME is not the way, you know, is not the area whereby we can see a huge growth potential. And that is what we have witnessed in the last couple of years. The company has not been able to demonstrate a good growth numbers. Then what we did is we have calculated the, we tried to dissect the ARPU into three categories, which has been uh, guided by the management in various conference calls that the top 10 customers, top 10% of the customer contribute 40% of the revenue, then the one third of the subscribers are monthly paying subscribers, and remaining subscribers are the gold or silver subscriber who takes the annual package. When we try to calculate you know, the number, then it shows that in one or two category, the number is much below than the subscription price being offered to the subscribers. Now, this can happen only in one scenario whereby you're offering huge discount to the subscriber. But when it has been asked to the management in various conference call, then they never said that they have, they're offering a huge discount to the subscribers. First thing. Second thing, and again, the commentary given by the management in the various conference call, again, you know, they, they flip on what they say earlier. So the CFO of the company has categorically said that when the, uh, the price hike, what they have taken earlier, in the year 2019-20, they say that it is going to be applicable for the, all the subscribers. But in 21, the chairman of the company has stated that the price hike was applicable only to the new subscribers, not to the old subscribers. Now we do not understand why the company has changed its stance and changed the commentary about the hike in price for the subscribers and what kind of pricing they're offering to subscribers. It again raises doubt whether they are trying to you know, match the ARPU numbers or they are trying to justify why the ARPU has declined or ARPU has grown. So this is this is what we call is ARPU Mirage. You know, we see that it doesn't reconcile with the number given by the company. Now the third important point is that uh, the company always says that they have n number of storefronts and it has been a key indicator used by most of the investors to see the how much growth potential company have then we did a lot of ground research on that and pranav 
my colleague, uh, my partner, he has done more than 140 checks through various means. And uh, then we foresee that these storefront, supply storefront is not trust, number is not trustworthy. And you cannot arrive at the conclusion that this is a future growth potential of the company. I guess Pranav will give, throw more light on this. Yeah, thank you, Nitin, to hand over the floor. So hello, everyone. Uh, just to uh, run you through uh, what we typically do in Triple I is we com combine the accounting uh, analysis that we do uh, along with the primary research or the business checks to understand whether there is indeed a growth potential has uh, promised by in a lot of various forums. So for India Mart, what really uh, was a concern or what re really uh, strikes us is that in terms of supplier verification, we have found numerous instances wherein the stated supplier is supplying something else only. And uh, the case in point, let's say Aristic Partners is a very well-known, respected institutional investor. And uh, it is very interesting that Aristic Partners is also listed on India Mart as a verified supplier supplying the uh, Arisec Global Consumer Emerging Markets Fund. So the second instance where we found uh, is that uh, uh, another uh, marquee investor, Malabar Investments, also listed on the platform uh, selling motor insurance uh, policy as well as an insurance agent. And what we have done is that we have also reconciled with the GST information, which you can verify on the GST portal. So all these profiles have been verified by GST and they have a verified uh, supplier tick mark. Similarly, for a company called Dabur, again, a very well-known company, it was very surprising for us that Dabur India also offers biscuits. And uh, what we did uh, is that we also called the numbers that were stated on the profile. And uh, in case of Dabur, what we found that this particular profile was traced back to a plant manager in Assam who usually had once casually used uh, India Mart for one of his sourcing requirements. So, uh, and again, uh, we have done almost so many checks wherein, you know, we found that Bajaj Finance, a very well respected company is selling water jars. We found uh, Bharti Infratel, service provider of housekeeping services. And all these checks are not done using any data mining techniques. They have not been done using any scraping techniques, nothing. We just thought, okay, if India Mart is such an interesting big platform, let's see what the top 100 companies in India are doing on India Mart, which is why you see a lot of these large cap names on, on this list here. And uh, we also called the number stated on this particular profile, trying to understand how this has happened. A lot of times we got this response that the profile uh, was not created by us. Some of them were actually some employees looking for their suppliers and now they have termed uh, them as storefronts on the platform. A couple of companies were also pretty surprised. We also wrote emails to their uh, legal and investor relations department asking that is this profile created by your company? And they said that no, this is not created by them and they were quite concerned about it legally. So the point which we are trying to make here is that just by random uh, manual checks, we were able to find a lot of uh, storefronts which were not actually real storefronts, at least not the ones that we are aware of. Like we are not aware of uh, Maruti Suzuki providing alarm maintenance services. So which raises a question that the storefront number which has been reported is actually a, is relevant metric to track when, we, when it comes to the 
business potential of this particular company uh the another important thing uh, which we found uh, which tells something about the uh, it processes of the company now in order to get this trust seal according to our knowledge and our understanding the company or the supplier who wants to have a trust seal uh, associated with their profile they have to pay india mart certain charges or i think it's included in some of the packages now uh, during this report i think it was around last year we found the trust seal for one company again this was all via manual search no data mining nothing the trust seal was supposed to start at 31st december 2022 and expiry date is around 2024 so how how is it possible that the trust seal is going to start in the future date also in one of the other instances uh, which we found that uh, the mobile number or the email for this particular company for which the trust seal is not generated was not mentioned so we think that the supplier storefront is not a uh, credible enough metric to track the progress of the company uh, in terms of the number of storefronts and also we feel that the trust seal has in the tools it tools used to generate the trust seal itself can be a little bit uh, uh, confusing when you have uh, instances where the trust seal is going to start in the future so yeah based on uh, very simple manual checks calling 100 150 suppliers we found that the storefronts and the trust seal the technology used uh, is not a important metric to track the growth potential of the company uh we go back to accounting uh, i think i'll hand over to nitin yeah thanks bro so again going back to the accounting you know so when we try to dissect the numbers again and looking at the numbers so we have predicted initially that uh, there's a slowdown going to come in the company and we were quite surprised when we look at the few disclosures given in the financial statement of the company so uh, the deferred revenue they have two components the current portion of the deferred revenue and the non current portion of the revenue current portion of the deferred revenue by its definition means that these revenue is going to incur in next 12 months by any standard you know accounting standard or accounting guidelines is concerned now if i look at whether these current portion of deferred revenue is being recognized immediately in the year or not so from 17 to 9 20 if you look at for 17 18 there is no deviation as such but in 19 and 20 there is a deviation of more than 5% in, in fact in the 20 uh, it was deviation of around 14% which is quite high so what kind of accounting company is using is it a prudent accounting policy what we ought to argue here and what, what happened to these deferred revenue component you know why there is an why there is a lower amount of revenue has been recognized is there any uh, other monitoring period has been offered to these customers or few of the non current subscriber has been booked under the current one which they wrongly classified as a current one so these all creates a doubt is it just to showcase it may be to showcase a higher revenue growth or higher rpg growth but we we are not sure about that but the accounting policy doesn't gel well and it doesn't look like a prudent accounting policy then when then the second highest the highest cost for the company is the employee cost and the outsourcing cost when we try to visit various websites and do analysis based on the information available there like we did uh, indeed.co.in glassdoor uh, 
LinkedIn. It looks like that uh, most of the web company employees, you know, they are the graduates. They do not come from a, a prominent B school or some IITs or IM of the world. They are mostly graduates. And if I look at the kind of salaries they are drawing in, it is around, it is in the range of two to six tax rupees, not more than that. And for the glass door, yeah, few for like for the product development, the salary looks higher. But if I look at the sales and the customer service, there again salary levels looks between the range of three to four lakh rupees. On the contrary, if you, if I look at the employee benefit expenses, and if I try to calculate the you know every salary given to the employee, is really high. So is it the higher incentive has been given to these employees? Again, if you look at the trend of the provident fund, contribution of India Mart in the provident fund, it has gone on declining trend. Now, if your employees' base is growing, then why your contribution to provident fund has gone down? Ideally, what happens that if somebody is drawing a salary of less than 20,000 rupees per month, then you have to deduct the PF from the salary and deposit to the to the government. If somebody is drawing more than 20,000, then there's no need. But if we look at this analysis based on Indeed and Glassdoor.com, it looks like that most of the employees are in the range of 15,000 to 25,000, 30,000, whereby the basic salary must be lower than 20,000 rupees. So why the PF contribution of the company has gone down? Now, the second largest component is again the outsource employee cost. So the outsource employee cost is around 6 lakh rupees per annum. When we try to recheck these costs with few of the service providers, few of them are already present or we have taken the number from the portal of India Mart itself. And when we try, when we spoke to them and asked for the quotation from them, they have given a quote of around four to five equities per annum. And we have only asked for 30 to 40 or 50 employees. You know, because, uh, you know, and when India Mart is hiring employees, you know, they are having a base of more than around, more than 1200 employees. They must be getting a better deals. So why there's a huge salary being paid to these outsourcing sales, sales employees? Is it inefficiency of the management? How much is justifiable? You know, it again remains a question mark on the front of the company. There's another interesting aspect on that. So on the various conference call company, you know, there's a small line item that says the checks in hand, which appears in most of the balance sheet of the company, even the all quarterly balance sheet of the company. Ideally, yeah. So on the last day, if you collect payment from the customer, then it it must be lying as a checks in hand behind. So that's perfectly fine. There's no issue in that. But when the pandemic came in March 2020, and it has been categorically said by the management that none of our sales employee has visited a customer's office for six months. Despite that, there was checks in hand amount appearing in the books of a, books of the company. It gives a doubt why why would customer will give you a check in advance more than six months. So. Uh, it, it becomes doubtful because ideally they can be checked one month advance or two months advance, but nobody will give you checks six months in advance. 
so again it raises a concern how the things are being disclosed in the financial statement of a company these are the broad one we have done we are in the process of doing analysis on the you know few various acquisition done by the company yeah but still not uh, finalized those things so we are not covering as of now in the report so yeah these are the few high, broad highlights what uh, we can make out of few of the reports Thank you very much for that, Nitin and Pranav. As Nitin just mentioned, if you have any questions for the speakers, uh, you can send in your questions through the Q&A button. There is a question from the audience saying, um, EPFO data doesn't include casual and uh, temporary work. Isn't that the explanation as they try to make employee costs variable? Uh, so uh, I guess, Nitin, uh, you were uh, about to answer this. Yeah. So these are not the employees who are casual workers or are contract workers. So I'm talking about the absolute number of employees who are on the payrolls of the company. So the question of the EPFO going down, it's not justifiable from their ends. Understood. Um, yeah, there have been already a few questions which uh, Nitin, you have answered in writing, specifically a question addressing the fake suppliers issue, which as you said, it's not an issue if the suppliers are not verified, but in this case, they uh, they seem to be verified by the company, which is what creates uh, some doubts. Another question is, have you looked at the practice of other similar companies in India and elsewhere? And do you think that India mark practices deviate substantially to make financials look better? I would not like to compare any other company with India mark. There's no peer as such in India. So I won't be able to answer that. On the EPFO, your uh, query is that it has gone down. You are talking about 22. Here I'm talking about 2019 and 20. So I guess that is where the, you're getting confused. So the EPFO number, if you look at for 19 and 20, then you will have, you'll get the exact answer and whereby the number of employees has gone, gone up. Okay. Thank you for that. Another question is. Yeah. Can you comment on the acquisitive nature of India Mart? It seems to be making a lot of small acquisitions in the recent past. Actually, we haven't completed our analysis on the acquisition as of now. So it would be too early for me to comment on that. So once we'll be finishing up uh, our uh, analysis on that, then we'll be able to answer that. Or we'll be releasing a note on that. That sounds good. And of course, uh, all attendees can uh, reach out to us uh, either through um, our email address, research at smartkarma.com, uh, or we can get in touch with you directly uh, to share more information in this regard. Another question is, uh, are you doing any revenue recognition checks? Companies do take credit for revenues received, but pertaining to future periods, is revenue recognized from opening balance disclosed by management or estimated? Uh, revenue recognized, uh, the opening balance is not estimated. It is the actual figure. It cannot be estimated figure, first, mm -hmm. first thing. The revenue check we have not done as such, but these things is pretty much appear is, are visible from while analyzing the financial statement itself. So there are two ways of uh, looking at the revenue. One, you try to dissect the ARPU, so how the ARPU is behaving. And the second thing, how the deferred revenue component is moving in the balance of the company. And that is why, you know, so the entire thing, uh, the hypothesis for this report is 
what is the future growth potential of the company and we foresee that the future growth aspect is not too strong and that is why the company might be doing a lot of acquisition on the quality of that we can't commit as of now but uh, that is where you know they are desperate and they want to grow faster and to show the similar kind of growth uh yeah this is a, from the rahul has asked this question and i would agree that this pandemic has acted as a catalyst for most of the internet based company and the platform businesses despite that the company like india mart has shown a degrowth in the revenue or the slowdown in the revenue so not the revenue i'll say i'll say it's a subscription base so that's again cause of concern that this is a lifetime opportunity for the for the business like you know the india mart is doing and despite that they were not able to show tremendous growth yes uh, that, uh, that was uh, for a question um, asking why is growth slowing down for india mart when it might have been growing uh, during the pandemic another question is uh, have you seen any suppliers with related uh, party angles or any other transactions with related parties that are concerning we cannot say that because see, the supplier so fund what has been created on the company it may be some related party but we don't know whether the company has received subscription fees from them or not so we can't comment on this uh, you know related party angle on that but from the financial statement it doesn't look like that there are any related party dealing with the suppliers as such barring only one small one i guess it's a proc mart whereby the company has given some advances and the amount is quite uh, small in overall scheme of scheme of thing mm-hmm. the question is uh, apart from network effects is there any other major modes in uh, the case of a platform based company like indimart till the time company is not providing other services which is expected for the suppliers like the they they always try to create or expand their pay with indimart business and provide some ancillary services to the clients it won't look like that in any remote if they'll be providing a holistic services or backward integration like logistics and all those things then it may appear that there can be a mode in the business thank you for that deviation from opening balance of the current portion of deferred revenue and revenue recognized from opening balance could this be due to premature contract cancellations as the question it may be but if uh, there is a premature cancellation of the contract then it should be disclosed separately not as amount recognized from the opening balance and that is specifically written in the financial statement that this amount of the uh, revenue recognized only from the opening balance of the current deferred revenue not from the non current deferred revenue understood another question is so uh, i'll just read the question verbatim Sure. Isn't Westbridge investing in VRPAR at much higher valuation justifying the business acumen of investing by IndiaMart? Uh Westbridge is a investment manager and IndiaMart is not an investment manager. So IndiaMart is a company, I know, it's, it might be investing into these ventures for the operating mm-hmm. benefits, not for the investment benefit. Mm-hmm. If they are behaving like a private equity fund then you can say that, but I won't see IndiaMart as a private equity fund. Adanthi asks have you asked IndiaMart management uh, on clarifications on your queries and if so what was their reply no we do have a standard practice we do not interact with the management prior or post release of our report whatever information or analysis is being done it's 
all always done on the basis of the publicly available information and we don't deal into the private information which is not known to the market so they, we don't foresee that there's an we don't have the practice whereby we contact the management for the clarification mm-hmm. thank you for that on arpu uh, is the concern largely that there are segments of customers which have lower than disclosed subscription price the the attendee says they missed the explanation yeah so see if you dissect the arpu into three buckets one bucket is a top 10% of the subscriber contribute 40% of the revenue one third of the subscriber are monthly paying subscriber and others are paying annually maybe gold or silver subscribers if i try to dissect the uh, arpu and calculate the number then for one of the category the arpu comes below the subscription price being offered under these categories uh, it can only happen if company is offering a huge discount to the subscriber otherwise it cannot go below that understood thank you very much uh that's just about all the time that we have today so uh thank you very much gentlemen for uh, sharing your insights and thank you everyone for asking uh your questions uh i would like to remind everyone that uh you can reach out to idea independent insight directly so if you wish to do that please contact your smart karma account manager or uh email us at research@smartkarma.com and we will uh, make sure to uh put you in touch with them and i would recommend following nitin and pranab's uh profiles on smart karma so you can see every new insight that they publish on the indian market uh with that thank you very much gentlemen once again thanks thanks michael thank you michael thank you everyone for attending thanks Bye. everyone that's it for this week if you like this episode please share it with your networks subscribe to the podcast feed so you don't miss an episode and follow smart karma on your social media we're smart karma everywhere and of course don't forget to visit smartkarma.com for truly independent differentiated investment research as always thank you very much for listening and see you next time